Hi, this is Marlene, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Whether you're watching a video or listening to a podcast, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. Links to videos or MP3 files can be found on MiamiGhostChronicles.com. Go to MarlenePardo.com for information on new book releases. I narrate several podcast series that can be found on major podcast platforms and can also be listened to via Alexa, Sonos, and other home systems. Look for Supernatural Storytime for scary storytelling, Nightshade Diary for classic horror and adventure stories, Stories of the Supernatural for interviews with different guests on the show. If you want to get noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird, you can visit Strange Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com or find us on Blogspot. I want to thank you for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi, everybody. This is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles Stories of the Supernatural. How's everybody doing? Good, I hope. Um, well, today is, uh, we're in mid-October. Well, kind of mid-October here in, in North Florida. And I know a lot of you are telling me, so what's the update with the chickens? Yes, I've got all my chickens. And um, I've actually got, uh, I'm back on the uh, selling the fertilized eggs. I've got people around here who want to buy the fertilized eggs. And I decided because a lot of people tell me, oh, you've got your 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 chickens that go do their own thing. And, you know, all of a sudden you've got little chicks. And you know what? I'm being real careful with that because now we're going to start going into the winter months. And as anybody knows, you know, um, chicks, you need to keep them at a certain temperature. And I really don't want to pull out and, uh, you know, have a, um, a hen abandon a nest, which they've done to me before. And then I have to get the bulb and the box and the chicks and the, it's it's great if you've done it it's a gratifying experience but i don't want to do that so now i'm extra heavy duty patrol no unauthorized <laughs> chicken mating or not well not the mating part but the hatching of eggs so and a lot of people had asked me you know as far as the uh, guineas that i had i taken some of the eggs that the guinea hen had left behind and i stuck them under a broody hen and nobody's hatched so i want to be taking them out i was hoping that it was it they would have been staggered but no yeah it's one of those things but anyway and um again i want to remind everybody it's october 7th right now and i am going to be doing a live stream on halloween evening at 7 p.m eastern time i am going to be doing a live stream and um also i've told people that if you sign up between now and October 31st for my newsletter, I will send you a PDF copy of my last book that I released on September 9th, which is a true crime uh, anthology called Hot Dame on a Cold Slab. So if you sign up for my newsletter, which by the way, my newsletters are short and they're interesting and they've got articles and related videos, stuff like that. And of course, I've, you know, every once in a while I'll release information about new book projects. But if uh, true crime is your bag, baby, uh, check it out because the uh, the book is really good, I think, not even though I wrote it, but no, it's very interesting. And uh, if you're into that uh, true crime, pre-DNA 
uh, thing where you actually had to do serious investigating. A lot of these, all these cases are true. And uh, I think you're going to like it if that's, that's your thing. But anyway, and let me get on now to my sponsor. My sponsor is freethinkerprojects.com. Um, basically what they do is they provide uh, virtual mailboxes and mail forwarding. I know a lot of uh, people, RV lifestyle, nomadic lifestyle, or somebody that needs to keep uh, a residential address here in the state of Florida because they're Florida-based, they can help you out. They either, you know, they receive your mail for you, receive packages, they shred it or forward it, whatever you want. You want to come pick it up. Um, same thing. Uh, a lot of people nowadays are very hesitant about receiving packages at their homes because packages get stolen. They can help you out with that. They can receive packages for you. And again, you can go pick up the package at their location or they can forward it to wherever you're at, especially if you're going to be away some time. There's other people that come sometimes from all over the world. They're going to come spend time in Florida and they need an address and they can help you out. They also have online notary services, which means that if you need to notarize any type of document, you can do it online. And lastly, they also provide registered, <clears throat> excuse me, registered agent services. So if you have an existing corporation or LLC or planning to establish one in the state of Florida, you actually need a physical address in the state in order to do so. You can't use a PO box or one of these mailbox places. And uh, they can, uh, they as far as only $35. A year that's a great rate for registered agent services and what they what that does if anybody doesn't understand is not only do you use that address they receive anything that the state sends you or anything and then they let you know hey you received this so basically you're in compliance with what the state requires that so you can establish a corporation in the state again check them out freethinker projects with an s at the end.com freethinkerprojects.com now on to the good part and this is the good part. The good part is my guest. And this is the first time that I've had this guest on. And I think this is going to be a super interesting. All my guests are interesting. But this, I think, I'm like, oh, yay. This is a gentleman um, who, you know what, I, I let's see how, I, I don't want to get, I don't want to overwhelm him because I could like throw all these questions at him. But his name is Jim Girard. And he's an artist. He has a lot of esoteric knowledge. He's a researcher. Uh, he has UFO stories, uh, talks about uh, the Atlantis monopole. Uh, he talk, he has information about um, alien abductions. Uh, and most interesting, he has something called the device code divination and palm reading. Okay. So much to talk about. <laughs> but anyway, uh, help me to welcome him. How are you doing today, Jim? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. On the contrary, it's my pleasure. I'm going to ask you what I ask. How did you get, well, how was your entry into this area of esoteric information? Was it research or something happened with you? What happened? What, what went on with that? I was living in the Hare Krishna temple in Boston. Mm -hmm. 2009. My, my service was answering the phone and answering the door. Okay. And every now and then someone would come in and start telling me that they had gone to see Amma, the hugging saint. Okay. So without really saying it, they were, they were kind of suggesting that uh, the reason they were going to see Amma, the hugging saint, was because when you go to the temple, the, the devotees in the temple are, are very busy. They, they have a tight schedule. And they don't have, always have time to uh, 
personally intermingle with all the guests that come to the temple. So, you know, it's basically um, focused on philosophy and spiritual knowledge. Mm-hmm. And the, the people who were going to see Amma, the Hugging Saint, were going there for the personal connection. Okay. Okay, so you can't have one without the other. You, you have to have personal connection and, and spiritual knowledge at the same time and kind of balance the two of them out. Let me ask you, because I'm not familiar with this. When you say the Hugging Saint, was this like a living person that they considered a saint or was this a, yes, a, a person, right? name is Amma. Okay. She's known as the Hugging Saint. Okay. And the way they do it is uh, all, the, all the guests that go to her events, they all line up in a row. Mm-hmm. And she gives them each a hug. Ah, I get I get it. I get it. And uh, is, so you were basically, you were linked in because of what you were doing there. Yeah, so you were, okay, I, I get it. Yeah, very... Answering the door in a Hare Krishna temple is like the most important it uh, is. service in the temple because you, you're the gateway between the, mm-hmm. the, the priests and the, the swamis and the public. So, so the Yeah, feel- you're the gatekeeper. Exactly. So the feeling I got was, what I was thinking was, there's got to be some way that I can reach these people uh, you know, without religion, without temples, without books, without gurus, without anything at all. No money, no temples, no gurus, no books, nothing. Okay. And just reach them and, and get to them on a personal level and, and let them know that, uh, you know, there's someone out there that'll listen to them and with them on a personal level. And then afterwards, if they have questions about God or Christian consciousness, then I can answer their questions. And that's how I went about it. And what did you do? Did you write a book? How did you, and by the way, I understand exactly what you're describing, which is let me get them to what really they came here for without all the ways of getting there. You know, in other words, basically what you're doing is you're empowering the individual. Yeah. To find what it is that they're looking or what they came there for, whatever it might be for them. In other words, give them the personal connection. Right. Exactly. Which is very important. I want to throw my two cents worth in here because a lot of times we externalize what we're seeking when in reality we have it, but you know, we, you go sometimes through different avenues. Um, So how did you go about this? What, what did you write the book or how, how how did you, the books came later, but, so, but what, I'm, what I'm describing to you is where the desire came from. When that's, that's how the desire uh, manifested was by these people coming and saying that they were going to see Amma, the hugging saint, because mm-hmm. like I said, that the schedules in the, of the devotees in the temple is so tight that they really don't have time. So, so I, I, I sort of branched out, you know, from the, from the traditional way that they uh, teach the philosophy, which is basically, you know, you move into the temple and shave up your head, go out to the airport and sell Krishna books. Right, right. That's a typical yeah, Hare Krishna that people think of when they... Right. Everybody knows about the Hare Krishnas in the airport. Mm. 
Okay, exactly. So I, I had the desire. Mm -hmm. So what happened at that point was I found out about the Bible Code, which is a book. Mm -hmm. A story in the Bible Code is about a timeline where nuclear war happened and the survivors, uh, you know, two or three hundred years later in our future, decided that they were going to travel back into time with five books and put them in the Bible. And the five books that they designed were uh, letter encoded or encrypted um, codes that contain the Akashic records of all knowledge. Okay. Okay, so what they did was they took these five books, they traveled back into the past, they inserted the five books into the Bible, and then somewhere along the line, uh, some rabbi discovered that if, if, he, if he took every 50th letter, it spelled out the word Torah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, you know, recognizing that there was a pattern there, years later, when the uh, computers came into being, they could now run thousands of letters into a computer program. And you ask a question, let's say you put your name in, it'll mm -hmm. tell you the time you were born in, the year, your parents' name, your brothers and sisters, who you got married to, how many children you had, how much really? you made, whether or not you were famous, and how long you lived. It's all in there. That's incredible. So I take it where it was inserted was into the Old Testament part of the Bible. Is that correct? Like, are we talking here or uh, did they put it like, how, how did they? I never, uh, I never found out if they put it in the old Testament or the new Testament, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it, okay. it's, five, it's five books. They're in there today because once they were inserted, they stayed in. Which was my next question. You mean they actually stayed there? I mean, because sometimes you hear these stories about throughout time, the different things have been removed or reworded. If you want to, some things have been lost in translation, etc. You're still in the in the Bible. In fact, you're probably in the uh, the King James version. The King James version. Yeah, and that's popular. You know, when you when you heard it, Jim, did you? What struck you about it? Did you like? Did you actually what? You tried it out? Not exactly. I, I came across a video where these researchers were they were debunkers. You know, they were trying to debunk. Okay. A Bible called Prove It Was a Hoax. So what they did was they took Moby Dick and they, they ran it into a computer program and they asked questions, but they got all the same kind of answers from Moby Dick as, as you would get from the Bible. So, so what they were saying was that the Bible was a hoax because you can do it with any combination of letter sequences. So what I thought was they didn't prove the Bible code was a hoax. They proved that if you had thousands of letters, you could ask questions and get answers. Right, exactly. But again, it, you know, if you think about codes, you know, codes, certain codes follow certain rules. In other words, depending on how you set it up. But and I understand what you're saying. A computer is the one that can actually has the how can I tell to do it quickly. Yes. What you're telling it to look for or feed it whatever the program is. So what happened? You see, you see this, you see these guys doing this with Moby Dick. So you said, I wonder if it works with these gospels. Let me ask you, did they ever tell you what was the purpose? Why did they insert them to begin with? 
to prevent nuclear war. Okay, it was okay, prevention against okay. So in other words, they of course they're in the future, so they have the they have the basically they could see the our history, you know, and see that the, that they want to avoid nuclear war. And how can I say because I'm thinking does it ever explain is it um how can I tell you does it say do this don't do that or is it certain events does it tell about certain events that they should be avoided um I'm not sure it's as black and white as that it, mm -hmm. it, I think what you're sort of pointing at is a uh kind of a personal perspective of the, of this whole thing and right right that is is really unique to each person i understand now so this let me ask you did this then did you then move away from what you were doing with the harry krishnas when you went uh, down this road uh, see what i'm saying is uh you know my first part is the explanation of the desire mm -hmm. uh, the second part i'm getting into is where i got the idea to develop the divination method okay Okay, so now I figured, well, I might as well use regular dice because dice have numbers on them. Okay. I could work out a code system to decode the number into a letter. Okay. Okay, so I had this idea about the number five. So I head out onto the streets of Boston. I went to five stores. Mm -hmm. and the fifth store that I went to was a CVS. And they had a little package of five dice. And I thought, this must mean something. I'm thinking five. I go to five stores and I find five dice. Okay. okay so then I, I take them back. I roll the dice 20 times. I get 100 letters. And I'm, you know, translating the number into a letter, which was very time consuming. Mm -hmm. On my very first reading, it said, ask Joe to aim a hot bid. What was that again? Ask Joe to what? Aim a hot bid. Okay. Okay, so I, I knew what that meant. Like it, oh, you okay. J-O is kind of like a slang for, you know, he's a good Joe. Okay. Okay, so Joe is a reference to a guy named Kevin. All right. Now, this guy, Kevin, was coming around the temple, and he was talking to the devotees, and he was trying to get them to invest their money into a website where you can double your money. Okay. So that's where the hot bid comes in. Okay. So in, in other words, it was speaking directly to something that was happening around you at that moment. Exactly. Okay. Exactly right. So I got a hold of his phone number. I called him on the phone. I said, Kevin, I said, you're not going to believe this. And the first thing he said to me was, I was just thinking about you. Wow. Okay. So I made the connection. You know, I made a second connection on my first reading. Okay. Because I, you know, I got this sentence and I knew it was him. I called him and he was thinking about me as I called him. So at that point I realized I had a method, but it was okay. very time consuming because, you know, when you have to translate a number into a letter and there's a hundred something letters. So let me ask you, are we, and I'm thinking of alphabet, 26 letters. Uh, did, did you do it like 1A or was it more complex? Yeah, yeah it was like 1A, 2B, 3 mm -hmm. Okay. Like 
Okay, so then I thought, well, I, I need to get some Scrabble tiles because, yeah, you know, the Scrabble exactly. tiles would save me a lot of time and effort, you know. So I went to a flea market to a friend of mine, and I said to him, do you have Scrabble? And he said, no, I got Boggle, and he pulled it out. I'd never seen Boggle before, and the game Boggle at that time had 16 dice that had letters on it. Okay. So, you know, I was like in seventh heaven. So you're thinking, okay, I'll use these dice then. Yeah, I got 16 dice with letters on them. So I would throw the 16 dice about eight times and get a hundred and something letters and, you know, write out my letter sequence. And, uh, you know, I was off and running. I had a method. So, and then, and then, so forget Scrabble. You stayed with the boggle as far as to, to, um, let me ask you something, Jim. Do you think that has anything to do with the person throwing the dice, or is it going to work for anybody who's throwing the dice? Or is it, you see where I'm well, going with that? Okay. The, the, the question you're asking is something that I want to bring up. Okay. Okay. This method that I invented, um, a lot of people who learn it, they think it's a hard method to learn, but it's not. It's it's actually quite easy to learn, but it's time consuming. And the reason okay. it's time consuming is because the the way that we think normally during the day is sort of like one dimensional. Mm -hmm. Like when when people are introduced to this method, the first thing that comes to their mind is, am I going to get the girl? Or am I going to get the guy? Or am I going to yeah. win the lottery? I'll get the car or the job or whatever. And this sort of one dimensional thinking, uh, these kind of questions don't work with this method because let, let's say, you know, he wants to meet the girl. So he throws a dice and the reading says he wants to meet the girl. Okay. That's all it says. You know, it doesn't say get on the Starbucks at 3 p.m. She's waiting. <laughs> So is it, is it, is it, is it the, in other words, what you're saying is that you have to ask either the right question or the right way or. Yes. And, and okay. that took me three years to figure out. Okay. Uh, well, I, I, a lot of trial and error, I guess, huh? Well, you know, the average American's attention span is about five seconds. I believe it. And you know, mine's no different. No, it's too, too, too much going on around us. We're, we're, we're overwhelmed with. Yeah. You know, incoming, you know, trapped, messages and trapped in these material bodies or living in a materialistic country. I mean, well, I understand, you know, I'm a hypnotherapist. So I understand also how the subconscious mind works. And I, I, I get it a lot, lot more than a lot of people realize how much we're being inundated with all these messages beyond what we think we're seeing or hearing. Um, so. In other words, you're saying it, it doesn't, it's not one of these things where, hey, you know how people want divination and let's say they'll go to somebody who does a tarot for them because they believe this person can um, interpret it for me, what I'm asking. Basically, what you're saying is that a person can themselves do it if they want. They just have to what look, ask the right way. Well, or should or is it something I, I, that you know sometimes you get not what you want but what you need is that how it works what it tells you i'm kind of glad you brought this up because it's probably the most important part of this method in terms of learning it 
I, I want to say this, that throwing the dice and putting words together in sentences is not the method. The, okay. the, the method is going from one-dimensional thinking to multi-dimensional thinking. Okay. That's the part they don't get. I was going <laughs> to... took the words right out of my mouth. I said, oh, oh boy, I could see where that could be a problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because like you we, said, most people have a question or like, yeah. when am I going to meet the... It's like, okay, give me the answer, right? Right. No, give me the answer is how they approach it. I mean, right. I'm not different than anybody else. It took me three years to figure out, you know, I asked every stupid question you can imagine. Mm -hmm. I asked everyone that you can think of. Because, you know, I was testing the method. Testing. Let me ask you, have you, have you ever done it without asking a question? In other words, let it talk to you? Oh, yeah, all the time. All right. And okay, so, the results so, better or the same or? The, the results are good if you don't ask a question. And there's another way that I do it is I ask the question, what do I need to know next? Okay, very open ended. So sometimes I like to ask the question, what does the mystery look like? Okay, okay, I can see that. Yeah, so, so this way, like not asking any questions or asking, you know, what do I need to know next? You'll leave it wide open mm-hmm exactly it's like let's not let's not narrow it down to what there's some people it's like this is you know this is what i want or whatever i guess when you what what do you think is the source of this these answers is it our subconscious is it other beings is it a source from within the source the akashic records whatever where do you think it's being sourced from another great question in consciousness, there are three or four levels of consciousness. Like we're in the awake state. Okay. So now you're, you're dealing with your mind and your thoughts. And, you know, the saying goes that your mind is your best friend and your worst enemy. It's true. Mm -hmm. Yes. But there's another area of the mind and consciousness called the subconscious. Yes. Now, the subconscious is sort of like a bridge between the awake state and the all-knowing mind, which is the Akashic records. Okay. Okay, so so what you're doing, like in this dice method, you're you're bypassing the thinking mind completely. And now you're okay, absolutely. You're accessing the subconscious mind, which is your higher self. Mm -hmm. Your higher self is connected to the all-knowing mind, which is the Akashic records, and that's where it gets into like this. This, this other aspect of contacting higher, you know, ascended masters and things like that. Okay, right. That's that's the bridge out. Yes. Okay. And it's kind of hard to make a distinction between your higher self and these, these entities that come through and send you messages. But the, this communication system is, is like one directional because you're not really communicating with them. You're, you're asking them to come in. Mm -hmm. they're, they're communicating with you. Right. Okay. But let's say you can address them. Let me ask you, how would you know? Let's, let's say you're down. I can see where people like have a little bit of that skepticism in them. 
where they're saying, is this me or is this, let's say, an ascended master? What have you noticed? What would be the difference that you could say, this is not me or in my subconscious mind or my higher self? It's something altogether separate. You're, you're describing my dilemma. <laughs> uh -huh. All right. Yeah. I mean, I mean you know, I, I, I go through all of the same sort of, uh, you know, tumbleweed sort of thoughts and feelings that everybody else does that learns the method. Right. Okay. I'll, I'll give you an example. Like one Perfect. time a friend of mine came over to visit me and he rolled the dice and it said, Raven on the fence, and they will get in touch with you. Okay. Okay, so he left, he jumped in his car, he started driving home, and halfway there, he called me on the phone, and he said, you're not going to believe this. He said, I just drove by a raven on the fence, and I got a text message from a group that I've been waiting to hear from. Wow. Now, what? Are, see, see, and see, that's the part where because people don't realize how much your subconscious if you go by the subconscious mind you know we're not talking here it only holds what you know or heard of but it cannot give you if the source is just your subconscious mind it cannot give you basically precognitive information as in what's going to happen the only way you're going to get that through the let's say in this case the dice is because it is linked to something outside of your yourself, your subconscious mind. Because there's only so much your subconscious mind knows. Right. Okay. That's Even though we can guesstimate pretty good through our subconscious mind sometimes, something like that, yeah. I could see where it's like, that. there's your proof right there. I'll give you dozens of examples. Uh, wow. He must have been, hey, I'm going back for another. Okay, another throw, works, you want to bypass the thinking mind completely. That's very difficult for people to do. Very difficult. Yeah. But it's it's how it works with this method. And, and right. the way that that happens is you have the dice in your hand. And when mm -hmm. you throw them, you're, you're releasing. Okay. Okay. By holding them in your hands and picking up your vibration. Okay. But now okay. When you release them, it, this method is what I call fluid. So, so in other words, let's say tarot cards. Mm -hmm. Tarot cards are not fluid, they're fixed. Yes, exactly. Each card means something specific. But a letter has no meaning. Unless you put it together with others and... Right. So when you, when you have five rows of 26 dice, which is a total of 130, mm -hmm. you can come up 50 to 100 words, and you can put together anywhere from 12 to 20 sentences. Let me ask you, when you throw, how do you know what sequence you should, let's say, be writing it in? Or do you just take all the letters and then like an anagram, try to like make it into a message? Uh, I could spend a half hour <laughs> explaining how right but do you, do you see where i'm going with this like if let's say you do that it's yeah, like okay yeah. i've got these letters but how do i know which one is the first letter you know how am i even that's i can see what you're saying as far as a real mind bender and the 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 time how much 
time you need to put into it to get that message. Wow. Has it ever told you something that even after X amount of time, you were like super surprised with the information the it gave you all the time? You know, I, I'm not really, I'm not really that much of a believer in my own system. I'm, I'm more like a skeptic. Why is that? Because I just don't think it's going to happen. Until it does? Yeah. And then it does happen. <laughs> okay. All and right. It's, you know, absolutely amazing to me because, you know, it's like, you would think I was a believer in my own system, but I'm not. I'm, I'm a skeptic by nature. But I'm, Let I'm me ask you, once once you got on that, where did it lead? Did, was there other avenues that it led you to? that it, Or did it ever tell you, look into this or read this or anything like that? I've got three books on, on Amazon. And, uh, you know, I, I could talk about this for hours. What what are your books about? What's the titles on? Divination. The first one is Dice Code Divination. The second mm -hmm. one, Rise of the New Mythic Leaders. And okay. then the third, the third one is very easy to read. It's called Journey into Eternity. And half the book is drawings that I did. And the rest of the book is just talking about what inner vision is and how you arrive at an inner vision sort of perspective rather than trying to figure it out what do you think of mind in the real state. Wow. So has it ever this in in all this time that you've used it, has it ever is it only things relating to you, to you, to your person, or has it ever told you about something that's going to happen or an event that might not be in other words, it's giving you a, a heads up. How's that? Uh, very few of the readings pertain to me. Really? Yeah. What 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 kind of what, what is it? What are the majority of them then? Uh, uh, a, lot, foretell? A, lot of, uh, a lot of it is sort of like uh, it, it kind of looks like advice about how, how to deal with uh, everyday life and uh, you know living in a okay. crazy world and things like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, there's predictions. That, 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 all right. Let me explain it this way. Let, mm -hmm. Let's say you roll the dice and you get, you know, you get a dozen sentences and you don't know what it means. Okay. So what you want to do is memorize the sentences and then maybe three days later it happens. And then, and then you remember the reading as it's happened, as it happens. And then what happens is you go into like a deja vu kind of state. Okay. And the deja vu is a state of eternity. Okay. It's How long do you, they usually take when they tell you something? Is it like a few days, a few hours? Does it happen usually pretty soon? It could be the next day or it could be three days or a week or two weeks. It really depends. Like, like when I went to Sedona, Arizona, uh, mm -hmm. Patrick sponsored me and set up a free lecture. And I asked the question, who am I going to meet when I give the lecture? And I got the name Christy. Okay. Okay, so when I gave my lecture, I, I stood out in the, in the middle of the crowd and I said, is Christy here? And the girl sitting directly in front of me 
just going like this. I, I'm Christy. Wow. That, that, that took seven weeks. So okay. seven, seven weeks from the day I did the reading to the day that I met her, and she was right there. And so I said to her, well, I, I came here from Massachusetts to meet you. And what did she say? Blown, totally blown away. She must have been like, did you tell her the story of how you had gotten her name? Yes. And, and the, the day before, I, I was walking up to uh, one of the mountain peaks. It was called Teacup. And I was walking up the sidewalk, and I stopped to look down at a, uh, uh, a, a snake skin that had been shedded. Okay. And as I was standing there on the sidewalk looking at the snake skin, her and her husband came down the road and drove by me. And she looked at me and she said to her husband, I think I know that guy. What? Hmm. Okay, so wow. then what happened was uh, I handed her the dice and she did the five dice throws. Okay. I wrote, I wrote it out on a great big piece of cardboard with a black ma magic marker so every big letters so everybody could see it. So we, we get the words um, Aries, adopted, dragon, and Zorro. And she okay. looked at that and she said, my birth sign is Aries. I was adopted and I was born in the year of the dragon. Are you kidding? Oh my God. That's incredible. Then I said to her, what does Zorro mean? She said, my husband dressed up as Zorro at a party. Wow. Okay. So, so there's, this was, in other words, this was the Christie that, that, that it, in other words, it, it was her. You had any doubts about, maybe was it supposed to be another Christie? This is the Christie. She, she was the one. Okay, so I took the reading and I turned around and I showed them the letters and kind of explained to them how it worked and stuff. And man, it, it was magical. It was, it was like an explosion. It, so it picked, picked up on it is what I'm saying. And well, because I imagine do in in your books do you explain to people how they could do it if they wanted to with getting a dice the uh, do you explain what it is or how to do it to begin with or to gather what materials they need i i don't think anybody believes i invented it <laughs> why why do you think that let me explain some things to you when they learn this method they tweak it Mm-hmm. They changed okay. the game, okay? Because they don't think that they can do it like, like I can. I mean, I, I can look at 130 letters and in 10 seconds, I can run up a couple of sentences. Okay. You know, I've, I've been doing it so long, I can do it quickly. Right, exactly. But but they can't do it quickly. So what they do is they, they tweak it so that it makes it easier for them to get the letters and the sentences. But I'm, I'm not in favor of that because for one thing, what they're doing is they're, they're weakening the system. It, it's less effective the way they're doing it. 
And the other thing is, they can't turn around and tell somebody I taught them the method because I didn't teach them the method that they tweaked. And how would they, in other words, you're saying they're taking a shortcut, kind of. Yeah, they're to get. It. But what they're doing is they're weakening the system. Okay, if the system is perfect, you can't improve on perfection. That is so interesting. And, and I know I think, by. That's why I'm saying I don't think they believe I invented it. I th I think I think what they're thinking is that I came up with an idea. Right. I see and what so you they, mean. They come up with an idea and then they call me back or they write back to me and they say, hey, I'm not doing it your way. I'm doing it my way. Hmm. And exactly. You know, their way is better for them. See what I'm saying? Like, let's say I showed you how to do the method and you did the, mm -hmm. the method, you did the method like every single day, the same exact way. Okay. You can, you can turn around and tell someone that you know that you learned my method because you're doing exactly the way I taught you. Okay. But if you tweak it, you have to say it's yeah. your method. Of course, right, right. You're, 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 yeah, you're right. You're tweaking with it. Do you think then that when people do that, uh, what's the word? They're kind of like tweaking it to get the answer they want, or does it still work for them? I, th I, I think they're doing it to get the answer that they want more quickly and more easily. Okay. All right. But what, what they don't, what they don't realize is that that the method is not hard to learn. But you really have to do it once a day or once a week for months and years at a time. And the reason I say that is because we don't think multi-dimensionally. Mm -hmm. We think in one right. And 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 you know what? And and I and I know what you mean as far as that a lot of people are into that instant gratification, which is I need the answer right now, right away, yesterday. If not, forget it. You know? Oh, you mean what? Months, weeks, years, what? No, forget that. Get it, get it immediately. Yes. Uh, 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 and Jim, I see by some of the subject matters from your bio that you also have had, and I don't know if this is before, during, or after when you were doing this, encounters with UFOs. I, I met Betty Hill around 1977, and uh, she took me to, to see a a scout craft that was landed on railroad tracks. What? You went to, okay, wait, hold on. Let me get ready for this story. This is 1977. And this person tells you, come, come with me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna show you a flying oh. saucer landed on. And what did you think, Jim? I saw it. Oh, you, so you went, yeah, I'm like, okay, I'll go with, what's the worst that can happen? There's nothing there. Of course. Who, who would turn that up? Of course. So when you get there, you're like, and what, what, it, I mean, what was it? Did it land on the tracks? What happened? It crashed? It was it, just landed? It, it was already landed when we got there. It, it was landing there on a regular basis. Wow. And was this? Was this the first time that this person has seen it or did they know about it? And that's why they knew where to look for it. 
Well, you've heard of Betty Hill, right? Yes. Yeah, she was abducted with her husband. The early right, right, right. And I'm and I'm thinking to myself, because I mean, I know that afterwards they had experiences, you know, like that, but I never knew about this per se. Um, you know, even though they were hypnotized and, you know, a bunch of other things as far as uh, you know, the repressed memories, etc. But I never knew that after the fact. She had a huge photograph of this skull craft on her mantle. It was a blow-up of a picture she took of it. It had all its lights lit up. And you can see the saucer shape. Mm -hmm. It's all lit up. And you can see the railroad tracks. And how did she, was she directed to, to find it? Or how did she... I, I think the way she came across it was, you know, she she was like the number one go-to person, mm -hmm. UFOs, you know, back in the early '60s. So, right, she must have been getting phone calls and letters and all kinds of things from hundreds of people at a time, and some somebody could have just called her on the phone and said, "Hey, come on down to Route 16 and check this out." Okay, I see. I get it now. I get it. Because I'm thinking, how did she like, okay, so yeah, of course. Yeah, people are, yeah, she's a go-to person. So she gets a lot of information dropped in her lap. And this turned out to be yeah. like. So so we pulled up on the on the railroad tracks with the car. And uh, she looked out the window and she said, hey, fellas. <sighs> you know, so this. Okay. Was, this, this is like reality to her. You know, to me, it was a. A big thrill and stuff, you know. I bet. How did? I, it, how were you feeling there? Were you like, should I stay here? Should I go? Like, it was pretty exciting, you know, to to be with her. You know, she was a famous person. See, the way that happened was, I, I was with my girlfriend who lived in Manchester, New Hampshire, and we were driving back to Massachusetts, where I lived. And uh, she said, what do you feel like doing? And I said, let's go pick blueberries. And she said, let's go visit Betty Hill. Okay. And in my back pocket, I had Betty Hill's address. Okay. I, now, I, let I, me ask you, because it sounds, it sounds like after being abducted, she had, for lack of a better word, she had made peace with it in the sense of she was not running away from, you know, as far as, how can I say, maybe like a PTSD moment, you know, where that person is still, you know, like, I don't want anything to do with that, or I'm not going to go out there just on the off chance I could get abducted I, again. I, I can, I can tell you a couple of things that might give you some insight into, you know, the kind of things that were on her mind at that time. Mm -hmm. um, I, I showed her a UFO magazine, which had a photograph of what I understood to be not a hardware kind of a ship, but a living being. And and I said to her, this is not a hardware ship, it's it's a living being. And she said, no, they're all hardware. Really? And, and then one time she was kind of looking up at the ceiling and just kind of like talking out loud, you know? Uh-huh. She said, who knows why they're here? Maybe they came here to eat us. Oh, dear. 
that's pretty comfy in here. That's that's like the Twilight Zone episode, you know. Serve humanity. I mean, so serve mankind or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that that, that, that that didn't you think like, uh, I hope you're wrong about that. Uh, I don't like to argue with people. No, I know, but so let me ask you: When you thought that the ship, you were thinking of uh, what as a as far as a biomechanical ship. And she's telling you no. Well, what I saw, I saw five lights, two on the top and three on the bottom. Uh-huh. But judging from the shape of the way the lights were configured, I, I could tell it was a saucer shape. Okay. But I, I didn't I didn't directly see like shiny metal or anything like that. I see. I understand now what you mean. Okay. Like, you know, like it was dusk and the, the sun had just gone down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... In other words, it sounds almost like there, despite her experience, there was still a lot of questions that she didn't know, despite what happened to her, as far as what they really wanted, I guess. Yeah, you know, late late seventies. I mean, you can imagine, you know, how much we knew back then and how much we know now. Uh, you know, and then when the eighties came around, I got a hold of a book that talked about the Nazis building flying saucers, and uh, right. my. I read my interest went down the tubes at that point. Why? Because it made you think what that they weren't extraterrestrials or what? Well, you know about George Adamski? Yes. Okay, the photographs he took with the three balls on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Nazi. Oh God, Jim. Boy. <laughs> How to throw a curveball. Yeah, they were Nazis. But that, but you know what? Do you think then that from then we're talking what, four, we're talking what, 60 years, 70, 50? Do you think that they could have made all the advances that you see nowadays that people report, you know, these movements of these? these ships and things, things that it's like, as far as you know, there's nothing that we've ever produced that can do either the speed or that type of, you know, uh, motion. I'm starting to get the feeling we're going to do a half a dozen interviews. <laughs> okay. Sure. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you, um, you know, you don't know um, because sometimes, and, and you know, back in, what was it, 2017, 2019, I forget, was when, you know, they did that little disclosure where they showed that little film with a ship going like this, you know, like what the pilot's uh, yeah. view of, and they're basically showing something that's moving in such a way that they're saying that we don't have the capabilities of, all right? And that's like, okay. Okay, do you ever hear of Dr. Uh, Joseph Farrell? Yes. He's a brilliant, brilliant Yes. Guy. Absolutely yes. brilliant. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a walking dictionary of facts. Yes. He, he said something very interesting. What he said was that when this whole UFO flap started happening in a big way, which was basically, you know, Roswell 1947, you know, mm -hmm. that, that whole thing that started in 1947, he said, Starting from that day up until now, there's never been a shred of evidence that extraterrestrials are coming here from other planets. 
Right. Except you're right. The only thing you have is people saying, having saying I had this experience or I was abducted or I was taken aboard a ship and I saw, or people having visuals of, you know, because at the end of the day, UFO means unidentified flying object, but you really don't know what the source is. Are we talking an extraterrestrial source? Okay. Or are we talking man-made as in from planet earth source? Um, because yeah, you know, there's been a lot of, especially now there, you know, you, you do see some type of proof of people seeing something that it's like, okay, they're not making this up, but what is the source of it is basically what you're saying. We're not talking an ET source. Okay. Just a few minutes ago, you mentioned this thing that we didn't have the technology. Right. Okay. As far as we know. Happened? Okay. Let's say a flying saucer shows up. It's got the three balls on the bottom. Mm-hmm. The door opens up and out comes, you know, some girl with blonde hair and blue eyes, and she's talking German. Wow. So now you're thinking, well, she must have learned German in order to speak to me or to speak to someone that knows German. And and you're never going to think in a million years that she was born in Germany and the Germans built flying saucers. And then what? You mean that? They all well, because fooled. all these contactees in the fifties—they all get fooled by Nazis. Well, because this is the thing. Okay, you know, you hear of Operation Paperclip. You know, which is where basically, my understanding—I'm not—I'm not a—that's not, not my forte. You know, basically, they took the the brain power that the Nazis had all these scientists that were, and they brought them over here and they used them. Okay. And they, in other words, you know, we're, you're, even though you were supposed to be the enemy, you're, we want to pick your brains kind of thing. And if you're thinking, okay, they took that technology that they had already started developing and they extrapolated it and what moved on with it. But I guess my question is, are you saying that the Nazis developed this pre end of the war? You ever hear of William Bosley? No. There was an organization by the name of NIMZA. It's spelled okay. N-Y-M-Z-A. Okay. It, it was established in 1850 in Germany, and they were building right. flying machines in 1850. Okay. By the end of the 1800s, they had flying saucers. In 1936, the Germans confiscated a crashed UFO in the Black Forest. And not only did they reverse engineer it. Okay, that's one of my next questions. So you're talking here that they they actually have a, got a craft that was uh, ET sourced and they back engineered it, is what. Yeah, 1897, there was a, a flying saucer that crashed into a windmill in Aurora, Texas. So, because see, this is, and this is the the question I have sometimes when, you know, you hear about these theories about technology being a product of back engineered, whatever, let's say the spaceship. I think to myself, if you really don't understand the technology, 
isn't it kind of also risky and dangerous when you're trying to back engineer something when you really don't understand how it works? I mean, you're kind of like got to be careful. You see where I'm going with that? Because everything, every everything, you know, I've heard the theories. You know, all these technological advances that we've done are a product of back engineering of contact with extraterrestrials, whatever they are. I don't, you know, whether it's, yeah, uh, you know. You know. If, I, if I wanted to spend the rest of my life in jail, I'd go to Area 51. Yeah, that's right. They don't let people out there, do they? Yeah, but, you know, you might you might find out what you're doing, but you're going to wind up behind bars. No, I know that uh, that they're very serious. I mean, you I've heard of people that go out there like on the perimeters, you know, but uh, as soon as somebody goes out there close by, from what I understand, they've got an eye on you. It's like, good yeah. luck on that. You know, I want to tell you about a video I, I did about seven years ago. Uh, okay. Do you remember Billy Myers from Switzerland? I'm sorry, what was it? Because you cut out a little bit. On who, what? On who? Billy Myers from Switzerland. He had one arm. Yes. Okay. The girl that stepped out of the flying saucer, her name was Sanyasi. Okay. All right. Seven years ago, I put a video on YouTube, and I was saying, that Sanyasi was actually Maria Orsic. And what happened? Maria Orsic was, was part of a real society that was started in Austria in 1917. And uh, all the girls had real long hair and they were channelers and they were channeling the Aldebarans. And they, they were getting the instructions on, on how to build anti-gravity. So, what are you saying? Anti-aging also? I mean, if she's... Yeah, yeah they have anti-aging. But all right, here's what happened. In 1945, somebody passed a note to somebody else that said, mm -hmm. we're, all we're all leaving. Okay. Okay, so now the assumption of what that note meant was that they were getting into the flying saucers. And Maria Orsic time traveled from 1945 to the 19... 70s and stepped out of a flying saucer and told Billy Myers her name was Sanyasi and that she was a Pleiadian. Okay, now I understand. Because for a minute that was like I was thinking I, I I didn't I didn't even think about time travel honestly I I that I wasn't thinking of that. Okay, so here's what happened. Of five course. Years uh -huh. after, five years after I did the video, okay. Corey. Kirk, did a video saying that Samyasi was Maria Orsic. Wow. I was saying it five years earlier, but you know, I'm nobody. I, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly I'm what not, you mean. Paid attention to me. I'm, I'm not famous and nobody paid attention. So, so in other words, she, yeah, she she's not from the Pleiades. She's from planet Earth. Well, she she wasn't completely lying. Because okay. she was not a Pleiadian herself, but the mm -hmm. members of the spacecraft that she was with were Pleiadian. Okay. Let me let me ask something. Jim, do you think that extraterrestrials are they friendly towards us? Uh not friendly towards us or just don't really care? Well, these, are, these are really good questions. I mean, we're, we're going down a million rabbit holes. I know, I know. 
but pick your favorite. Let's go. And we'll I, go down I, that rabbit hole. Depends on the person. Like if you if you listen to opinions, mm -hmm. uh, some people are, are absolutely convinced that they're all friendly, and then there's others that are absolutely convinced that this is like some kind of invasion and that they're taking mm -hmm. over. I you know, I've got a book by uh, it's called Walking Among Us. And I read the whole entire book looking for some kind of a clue. You know, because I, I like to learn things. I'm kind of a knowledge junkie. And okay. uh, the whole entire book was about this girl, Rachel. And she's dealing with all these hybrids, which are half human, half alien. And mm -hmm. she's teaching them how to live amongst humans. Like, they don't know why we use plates. They, they okay. don't know how to turn on a television. They don't know why we use refrigerators. Okay? The, the whole entire okay. book is all about this girl, Rachel, who's teaching them all these human, human, uh, you know, habits and, and things that we do. Okay, so now my question is, how is it that this guy wrote this book? How does he know Rachel? Right. Where did he meet her? If Rachel, right. See, what I'm saying is he's kind of, he's kind of like, pushing the idea that they're taking over. They look just like us, but they're hybrids. And that because they look exactly like us, uh, you know, if you met one of them and they have this faraway look in your eyes, you, ju you just think they're on drugs or they're stupid or whatever. But you, right. you would never suspect that they were hybrids. Okay. Now, if, if you look at this guy's videos, his interviews, this mm -hmm. is another interesting thing. It was David Jacobs. His last interview was three or four years ago. Okay. This guy knows something and he ain't saying it. For some reason, he stopped being interviewed. I, I think for the same reason. Because he, he knows exactly what's going on. But in the book, he never said how he met Rachel. Okay. What's the connection between him and Rachel? So do you think then that the version that we're getting about ETs is basically uh, not not really true? And then, but there is, there are extraterrestrials that have even basically, if they've even produced hybrids of what, you know, what whatever they are and us. You know, one, one of the many uh, aspects of who they are and where they come from is that they come from other planets. Um, I'm absolutely certain of it, but now, now that we know for sure that flying saucers are being manufactured by several different countries, mm -hmm. there's, no way, there's no way of knowing what you're seeing. Okay. Like I said, the girl steps out of a flying saucer, she's got blonde hair and blue eyes, and she speaks German. Well. Because I've even heard the theory that because everybody says, okay, so what's the interest? Well, you know, what, you know, what, what is it about us? Why are we so special? And I mean, I've heard the theory that they need us for our genetic materials. In other words, that they're kind of like on the, some reason they're, they're sterilized or they're sterile and, or very low reproductive rate. And they're combining with us because we're, our genetic materials is good. In other words. I've heard um, that theory, which I don't know if it's accurate or not. You, um, 
Humans are genetically the, the royalty of the universe. That's a very interesting. Uh, say more about that. Why do you think, or what, what leads you to believe that? Well, humans have a combination of 22 different extraterrestrial races in their DNA. Mm -hmm. What Once the junk DNA opens up, it, it's, it's the end of the game. The game comes to an end. Okay. It, there are so some do you think then that there's... Do you think that it's possible then that theory that 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 part of our our attraction is our genetic possibilities? How's that? Oh, absolutely. All right. It, they they had to get a blood transfusion. Okay. Yeah, no no doubt about it. They they here for the DNA. Okay. I mean, you hear, I've heard, you know, they want minerals from us. I mean, I've heard every version of why, why they're here, what they want from us. And um, the genetic one to me makes more sense, kind of. Just basically want to uh, communicate with us, uh, hang out with us. Um, you know, there's a million different reasons. I mean, um, you know, Elena Denon, she's got some of the the best stories I've ever heard. And uh, she, she's risen to a real height of popularity because, you know, for one thing, she, she sounds totally real and sincere. Her, her stories are just absolutely amazing. Okay. So in other words, there's, there's the real story, the real UFO story. Do, do you think that they travel through space as in like, you know, light years, or are we talking inter and intradimensional travel? Uh, tra traveling, you know, thousands of light years is, is extremely dangerous and, and difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, right. You know, they're, they're going to bend and fold time and space instead and go through a wormhole or right. go even a black hole, I think, is, is kind of a portal. You know, I've been right. thinking about black holes. Now they're saying that um, they're not as dangerous and deadly as they previously thought. Right. You always heard they swallowed everything. Yeah. They, I, I wouldn't want to go near one and find out. Yeah. Let's let test the theory. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, you're wrong about that one. Um, because, you know, uh, and, I, and I don't know if you've heard of this where uh, you know, some people that track this, they'll say, hey, you know, we've seen a correlation between UFO sightings and sightings of cryptids, for example. You know, people that after a while, if they look, you know, in a certain area, for example. Yeah. And some people say, well, you know, sometimes, you know, in other words, that there, there's a link between one and the other. Do you think there is? Do, do if, or do you believe in cryptids? Let's, let's start. My understanding, uh, several hundred thousand years ago, there, there was a, a spacecraft that crash landed here on Earth and um, oh. had, a, had a bunch of Bigfoot that were prisoners on the craft. Okay. And they that's, that's how the Bigfoot got here. That's, I'd never heard that. Oh, Jim, what, it, this is, I'd never heard of that theory. Oh, wow. So basically, it's like a, 
it's almost like you know you know when you hear about the uh the the traveling circus once upon a time and has a wreck and all the animals get this is what you're saying is the source for for bigfoot that's very interesting yeah, yeah. uh before i forget it i want to show you some of the dice that have letters on them yes oh let me ask you where do you get those from for anybody that wants to know okay the, the way the way i do this is uh like i i don't i'm not too comfortable with strangers asking me to do readings so what i have okay. to do is send me two photos one of each hand and i'll do a palm reading okay 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 you know the lines on your palm is like the blueprint of who you are all right okay so when i do a palm reading i get a really really good idea about what they like as a person do you do dominant hand or both hands left hand for a woman if she has a job and if she's supported by her family or her husband right hand and if okay right hand, right hand for a man that has a job and left mm -hmm. hand if, if his wife supports him or his mother or his family interesting i'm not even going to ask how that works but <laughs> okay yeah, it's just it's something it's just something that happens in the science of uh palmistry palmistry okay 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 so what once they send me the, the palm photos and i do right. read um i i usually don't send them the reading in an email what i do is i talk to them on skype or zoom first mm -hmm. because i i like i like to deal with things on a personal level and to okay. me email it's not very personal right i want i'm gonna put a a, a link but what uh, where could they get a hold of you jim if for anything uh, whether the books or the reading or whatever uh my my email address is rebel artist seven at gmail rebel artist seven at gmail.com yeah it's rev not not b but rev b rebel artist okay rebel rebel, rebel means to celebrate Right, like in revelry. And do, so you don't have a website. And if anybody wants to get a hold of you, they just shoot you an email? Uh, I, I have a page on Facebook. Okay. Under uh, under your personal name? Yeah, Jim Gerard. And uh, if they want to get the dice, uh, mm -hmm. they can do the dice throws at home and send me the letters and I'll decode the letters for them and then send them the reading. And the, the name of the dice is Campbell's alphabet dice game. Wow. You know, the like Campbell's alphabet soap? Yes, 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 exactly. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, wait, I haven't heard that in such a long time. Yeah, okay. Campbell's alphabet soup. Wow. Yeah, it's the same company. And this what finally you found this was the best one of all the dice uh, games that you came across that works the best? For, you know, 20 bucks, you get 36 dice, and you only use mm. 26 out of 36. Okay. What you do is you take the 26 dice and throw them five times and write down the letters and then send me the letters in an email, and I decode mm -hmm. it. But it starts off with a palm reading. Yeah, so first you suggest they do the palm reading and then go yeah. to... Does I imagine what the palm reading is more of an overview, and then if they want a specific, then they could do. 
Yes, because the phone uh, reading, uh, like, that's it's like spending an hour with someone in person looking at their palms. Of course. You, that's you so interesting. Your whole entire life. And it, it, it's all there. It's yeah, like I know. I've heard that. Right on your hand, you know. Exactly. Exactly. That that's you know what it's really funny because when I was a teenager, I was like almost almost twenty. We were at a flea market. There was this couple of ladies that were walking around. They were they were you know do the palm reading and you know but they were just going up to people. They were just and we one of them come up to me of course and she, she was like ah and I'm like no nah. she she looked at me real quick she just you know you're going to have three children two boys and a girl I'm like oh, okay thank you and we I walked off I was there to shop that's what I had. I did have three kids, two boys and a girl. <laughs> yeah, that, that information is right here. Yeah, exactly, right there. Exactly. That's how that's where she looked at it. But it was like, but when you're that age and you know, you you don't thinking about that. You're just thinking, ah. Oh. But uh, that's incredible, Jim. Yeah. I want to thank you so much for joining me tonight. I'm like still, my head's going <laughs> because um, I think we always have to be open to our possibilities. Uh, and believe me, I know the power of the subconscious. And as far as what you're saying, that in some cases it actually bridges out to take you into other levels or access other things beyond what, what you're capable of, you know, as far as knowledge is inside of you. But that's, that, that makes a lot of sense though, as far as, even when we have flashes of intuition, if you want to call it that. I think we covered a lot of good subjects. Yes, we have. Well, you got to come back. Are you going to be working on any book, any new projects, anything coming up? Uh, no, no books coming up. I've got, uh, I'm writing a lot of songs lately. You uh, are? You're a songwriter? Uh, yes. In fact, next week I'm uh, getting some radio airplay with my brother as a disc jockey. Wow. What kind of music do you play? Or what, what are your songs? Do you do you? I mean, you just do the lyrics and the music, or just the lyrics? I I, I write the lyrics and I sing, and I play guitar, mandolin, uh, sitar, keyboards, flute, and harmonica. Wow! So, so basically, you're going to be playing your own, your own everything. You you're. Yeah. I I sent you a bunch of songs and artwork a couple of weeks ago. Yes, I have them there. Let me ask you, do you, and was this something you've been doing all your life or or what happened uh, with that? How uh, did you? About, about, about two years ago, I got myself an eight track recorder. Okay. And I did a lot of, you know, I had really had to learn how to use it. Mm -hmm. and I had to learn how to play instruments and write songs as well. But, you know, 20, 30 years ago, I, I had a, an eight track and one guitar. So all of my okay. songs back then was just voice and guitar back then, but now you now you can hear drums, you can hear. Sure. Uh, yeah, you can put a lot. You can be like a one man band kind of thing. Yeah, piano, bass, drums, mm -hmm. lyrics. You know, it it sounds like a whole band. Exactly. Exactly. That's incredible. Again, you got to come back. Uh, I'll be contacting you because believe it or not, it's October. I'll be contacting you after the beginning of the year so you can come back for 2022. And maybe uh, maybe we'll do some predictions for the new year. What do you think? Well, there's, 
you know, after 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 2020 and 2021, all bets are off. Anything is possible. Yeah, who knows? It's been so crazy. Yeah, it's, it's been like, so crazy. It's like, okay, everything is like, everybody, you know, you know, that first, that, that moment, you know, I, I think everybody's a little bit over like that first shock. So I want to thank you so much, Jen. You have been absolutely wonderful to have on the show. You've been great. All right. Thanks, Marlene. Take care. Bye-bye. Good luck to you. All right. See you. Bye-bye. Oh, wow. This has been great. I really enjoyed talking to him so much. Yes, he is. Um, so many things to think about, you know, because uh, <clears throat> how can I say? Uh, I mean, there's stuff that, that we discussed there. I mean, I, I, I knew about the, because, you know, I was bio, we discussed what about the um, the divination with the dice and everything, even though I didn't understand exactly how he had come up with the theory. I mean, I know there's different ways of divination and, uh, you know, and, and, and that's so interesting because, you know, you know, for example, let's say tarot. I'm going to go with the tarot. You know, a lot of people will say, even if you, let's say you do a tarot spread for yourself. Basically, it's, you're, you're coming up with answers based on your subconscious mind talking to you, maybe giving you information that you think you don't know or don't remember, or uh, telling you something that your conscious mind doesn't want to recognize. And then of course, you know, you will get into other tarot readings where somebody's doing it for somebody else. And they give them information that there's no way the tarot reader could know what it was. But I do know a lot of people that do tarot spreads for themselves as a way to facilitate their subconscious mind talking to them. All right. Because believe me, the subconscious mind knows and understands a lot more than we could ever with our conscious minds. Uh, especially when it's things we got to think about ourselves. How's that? You know, what's that saying? Everywhere you go, there you are. Uh, but that theory of the dices and being able to, you spend a lot of time figuring that out. I'll tell you that much. And uh, also the palmistry. All these things, um, you know, like I said, you know, uh, 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 where does where does our what we know of in our mind end, and then basically you're interpreting or understanding something that comes from another source, all right? And I know a lot of people say, "Well, you got to be careful." Yes, I do understand. You do have to be. And he himself admitted it because when I asked him, I said, "Well, how do you know? Is it your subconscious mind or your higher self giving you that answer?" Or is it, are you basically communicating with an ascended master, for example? How do you know? And he himself is not sure. It's like, because let's face it, humans are great at fooling themselves. You'd be surprised, man. We <laughs> That imagination part. And I personally wouldn't ever want to do that. You know, I don't want, I wouldn't want to mislead myself. You know, some people would be happy to do that because they're thinking, oh, I'm communicating with an ascended master, but unless I knew conclusively that that's the case, 
I would always be very cautious because I wouldn't want to fool myself. Even if the information was good, it's like, okay, if I'm tapping into my inner higher self, which is basically helping me understand maybe how to figure out a problem, for example, great. I don't have a problem with that, but I know that the source is me. Okay. And I've just found maybe a method of getting that information. All right. As a matter of fact, I tell everybody, you know, people go to therapists because they're thinking that the therapist is going to tell you what to do or what the answer is and not a good therapist. What a good therapist does is help you find the answer yourself. You have the answer. By the way, and it's tailor-made, all right? Not, what works for one person might not work for another because, again, you are the repository of all your memories and emotions and experiences and interpretations of things. And in therapy, basically, it's helping you talk and take you to that point where you, that solution is perfect for you because it's coming from you. But it's a process, you know, things like that. Um, so, again, um, I was fascinated with the whole thing. <laughs> I, I got to bring them back uh, in the new year. Um, and all, also what he was talking about. You know what? And this is not the first time that I've heard that I'm not saying about the UFO extraterrestrial, not, um, not existing per se. I'm not, I'm not talking about that, but I have, you know, when, you know, you read or listen to a lot of different sources where the portrayal that they've basically fed everybody about extraterrestrials, the ships, the, this, the, that, the, that, that a part of it is very manufactured. In other words, this is what's being given to us. And what we do with it, well, you know, you know, whether we develop some weird conspiracy, like, you know, that uh, there was a crash and they recovered a body and then they back engineered a lot of technology or was it, was that really it? Or was that a staged, incident okay I, I i have heard of that before and and they've kept it running along all these years all these decades and then we get into again and i've mentioned before in other shows when people have these sightings of all these crafts you know everybody assumes we're talking an extraterrestrial origin because they're unusual, they don't, they're, they're not like an airplane or what you normally think of as man-made. Uh, so people immediately think extraterrestrial, but then you go in the direction of, okay, well, how do you know that it's not man-made? Just because you're not aware of it, does it mean that, that it is? It's, it's, it's a weird thing, like it really plays with your head because Makes you think, man, how much have we been, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Have we been manipulated you know, to tell people about this? And then you think, what's the purpose? And then, I mean, it's, and he made a good point, like pick your rabbit hole that you want to go down if you pursue any of these different um, theories or explanations or, you know, even... Uh, <laughs> this thing that she's talked about um 
you know, that that he goes to see a flying saucer that's landed on a track with somebody that by then, you know, Betty Hill and her husband were the ones that had that abduction scenario with well they didn't they didn't realize originally that they had gotten abducted till later on um and he goes out to accompany her and basically they're looking at uh an extraterrestrial craft i mean there's it, it's it's one of those things like you hear the answer but it's like all it does is just fodder for more questions now that you said that, by the way, now I've got 10 questions that I didn't have before. But yeah, I, I, I'm not I'm not ruling it. Uh, I'm not putting that off the table that a portion of what we've been told about extraterrestrials and UFO, the accepted stuff, is could be manufactured or packaged, how's that, for our consumption a certain way. Where or the reason why, I'm, I'm, I'm out on that. I've heard different theories and that's, that's subject for another show as far as why certain things are disclosed the way they are, uh, things like that. Um, and sometimes, you know, every, everybody thinks, you know, that, uh, yeah. And I said, you know, some things are really obvious about, you know, um, how us as humans collectively, you know, we could be manipulated. I mean, through movies, art, music, culture, you name it. I mean, there's a million ways to do that because at some point, you know, all these people that put these together, that's the idea behind it. They understand the human psyche. They understand psychologically how we work. So they understand how they're, how to proceed with it. Now, the reason why you would think, hopefully there's a reason, right? You would think, but most of us don't ever think of well, let's say we see a movie or a commercial or uh, whatever, even a magazine when people were reading magazines. You know, is there, you know how you, you remember that they used to say, oh, subliminals and things like that, that they're trying to drive a certain type of behavior. Nobody, nobody I think wants to think, man, are there people out there doing this? Whether it's a company that wants to market a product or the government or whatever. You know, most of us are like, man, why can't I just watch this and just enjoy it without worrying? that I'm being manipulated on a psychological level. I mean, you can even, even, uh, even certain beats in a song will put you in a hypnotic trance. As a matter of fact, a lot of those blockbuster movies that you see, their, their music, the certain uh, uh, cadence and beats, some of them will put you into a hypnotic state. You might be awake and watching. As a matter of fact, that's what, that's what pulls you into the movie so that you're like, you're living it, you're, you're there. Um, a lot of us don't want to think, man, do I always have to overthink everything? But this thing with the UFOs and the, um, this thing with the UFOs and the ETs and the explanations that we've been given and how much of it is accurate, truthful, real, how much of it is manufactured, if it is. I've said it before, how much do we really even know? You know, if there are extraterrestrials, how much do we really truly know? We might know, we might guess, but maybe there is no great liaison between us and them. Even though, let's let's say, if we go down that that thing about hey, that they've 
produced hybrid versions. They don't need our permission to do that. All they have to do is basically abduct somebody and, uh, you know, if you want to and steal the genetic material, whether, you know, they've taken eggs and sperm and basically grew a human or, you know, whatever they needed. I'm, I'm, you know, because you always think even, even among, um, you know, there, how there's some species that they just, they, they can't procreate. How's that? Because they're just not ge genetically co uh, compatible. But then of course, if there are extraterrestrials that have been able to go right at this planet, maybe they have a way around that stuff. I don't know. Eh. Wow. Well, we got to bring Jim back. Anyway, guys, I hope you really like the show. I know I love speaking to Jim and how can I say, um, you know, in all of these things, I always think you always need to keep an open mind. Even if some of the things sometimes thing seem unusual. Let me tell you something. I, I want to think if anything, the last 18 months or so <laughs> have taught us is to just about anything is possible. Anything. Because a lot of us have had experiences that I think a lot of us two years ago would have said, no way, no, this is not going to happen. And here we are. The no way is yes way. So again, guys, thank you so much for being part of my audience. Don't forget, you can go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com. Uh, you can hook up to the podcast version of the book, of the book, of the, of the, uh, of the show on a certain podcast platform or if you want to listen to the actual podcast version on your browser or download the mp3 file without commercial interruption you can do that too there's links there to do that and uh, as a matter of fact for the other podcast series that i narrate come back next week guys i have a lot of interesting guests a lot a lot of interest people that we've been here before but also new guests and i think you guys are really going to enjoy it take care